We're girlfriends of a certain age In midlife, we got a lot to say So let's get loud, we won't fade away Cause we're girlfriends of a certain age Hey, girlfriend. Welcome to Girlfriends of a Certain Age, a podcast for women who are living out loud in midlife. We are girlfriends in real life, and each week we explore how to recover from being good girls and how we can live our best lives together. So, Shay, what exactly is a recovering good girl? Well, Jess, it's someone who used to care way too much about what everyone else thought about her, and now she doesn't give a bleep anymore. A little about us. We met in our 20s when we danced our butts off in the club together. And now we're dancing through life together as friends, entrepreneurs, podcasters, authors, and mothers in midlife. I'm Jessica Neighbor, and I'm a voice coach for vocalists and public speakers. I run ImpactVocalCoaching.com. I'm on Instagram at Impact Public Speaking, and you can find me on YouTube at Voice Coach Jessica Neighbor. And I'm Fleshay Hesh. I'm a business coach and work-life balance expert for moms. You can find me at thebusymom.us or on Instagram at worklifebalancementor. Every week, we discuss a hot topic, including culture, relationships, and health to help you live out loud. If you identify as a recovering good girl or as a girlfriend of any age and you want to join our conversations, do it. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and girlfriendsofacertainage.com. Oh, and join our free online community where we'll share bonus content and after hours conversation on substack.com. Just search for girlfriends of a certain age at substack.com. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Ooh, I am so excited to talk with you today about how we nice people can have difficult conversations. Are you ready? Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, I am so ready. I know the girlfriends are ready. Yes. Talk about something so core for the recovering good girl. And I love that another recovering good girl who has learned about this can walk us through it. So I want to just encourage everyone to take a really deep breath with mm. us. Ah, because I can feel already some of the tensions and the nervousness getting up there. So I want you to take the reins on this and hold us in your loving embrace and teach us what we need to know so we can be nice and still say the things. Exactly. And that I think is a huge myth. Let's just bust that right off the top, which is that we nice people cannot have difficult conversations. I think we have an internal belief. We certainly have training that shows us, oh no, put everyone else's needs first. Nice girls don't speak up like that. And you're absolutely right that this is a healing. Think of this, girlfriends, as an opportunity for all of us, myself included, to heal as we discover our voices, as we use our voices for what we actually need. Because we're not going to get what we need unless we say what we need. This is so core. And it's really something I wish I had learned when I was in third grade. So I know that every person you're teaching right now is going to be able to teach other people as well. So how do we get started with this? Okay. Well, the first thing I want all of us nice people, pleasers, recovering good girls, whatever it is you identify as to just give yourself full permission to believe that you absolutely can have a difficult conversation. 
Now, like Flache just said, if you're already thinking of one and <laughs> the hairs are standing up on your neck, we want to break that down into what that means for us. And we'll do that in a quick system with me in just a moment. Also, if you don't want to madly take notes, I have a juicy checklist guide that y'all can get your hands on at the end of today's episode. So just kind of roll with us here, get in the flow, and we'll, we'll send you the notes later, okay? So the first thing I want you to think about is that you can get what you need and still be nice. The biggest myth of difficult conversations or hard negotiations is that we have to be this dominant steamroller bulldog. No, that is not true. And I think in our society, we have such a black and white way of thinking. There's a winner. There's a loser. And we see this play out. We're seeing it play out right now in our country, in our politics. There's winners and losers. There's left, there's right. And then I think too, whenever we see difficult conversations on like the big screen, there's always someone who's dominating it. And I'm saying what I need. And there's this big triumph. We know this is not true, girlfriends. We know this is not how it really rolls, right? And I think a lot of us who have maybe even tried that style on, I know I can speak for myself. I tried that style on. Oh, girl, I got burned. So, right? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it just seems like how healing the idea that we could still be ourselves, still be empathic, still be communicate the way that we do and still get heard because you made a really good point. What we see on TV, big blow ups on, you know, Dynasty or whatever, <laughs> wherever people are hashing out on Jerry Springer. Right. Yeah. It's this intense thing that's so over the top. And it's almost like we're trained not to yeah. speak up. We're trained to like to stay small because we don't want to be like that or be perceived like that as yeah. difficult or causing a problem, causing waves. And if we take a moment into the mental health corner or in the emotional corner of what makes us people pleasers or good girls in recovery, most of us and many of my clients share this, had training where they didn't think they could get their needs met. They were trained to put other people's needs first. So we know as women, we get tons of messaging about this. But in our own families, we may have had to be that person who had to take care of someone else's needs. We likely even got rewarded. Oh, that, that flashé, that Jessica, she's just so caring and thoughtful of everyone else. It's like she can read minds or something. Well, we're over here doing all of the mental heavy lifting, but not getting our needs met. And we know that over time, that can have some serious consequences, right? That can lead to to blocks, to lower self-esteem, to lack self-confidence. And not to mention, like, what are the things that we need that aren't getting met? What happens with those things, right? So I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this, that we pay a hefty price for not asking for what we need. But I want us all to forgive ourselves for that conditioning, that modeling, both in our families and like we were saying in Dynasty and the culture at large, because there are not too many great role models out there that are showing us how this is done, right? It's true. It's true. It's true. 
So I want to model for us how good people, nice people, kind people can have difficult conversations. And guess what? The world's a better place for it, right? Yay. Yes, please. Yay. So may I ask you a direct question about this? When you anticipate having to have a difficult conversation and anything that just kind of pops into your mind for starters is great. Do you have a fear? Is there a fear that pops up? I know for me, my fear is immediately causing conflict. I avoid conflict. I am terrified of what might happen. A lot of that goes back to my origin story. For you, is there a thing that pops up around conflict, around disappointing someone? Is there anything in general that you just go, mm-hmm, I get that. This is what happens for me. Oh, yeah. It's that the other person will go off the rails and then I will be unsafe. And so I've absolutely had that happen and I've absolutely mm-hmm. had it not happen. I've had it not happen more than it did happen. So I've had a few key people in my life where it was like, oh, I don't like that. <laughs> and it was like, what the hell? So that was some real good training that got deep in my bones. Oh, you don't want to do that. You don't want people going loopy on you or mm-hmm. you know coming after you. So I think, yes, that is my knee-jerk reaction, even though my grown-ass woman brain mm-hmm. is now telling me, that's happened, whatever, four times in your in whole 50 years, cliche. Most people have been able to be like, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Yeah. I absolutely want to talk with you and work this out. I feel you on that so much. I had similar people in my life and a lot of recovering good girls in particular talk about this dynamic that you feel like you're walking on eggshells, that you are truly worried to say what you need for fear of the backlash. And what kind of world are we living in if we're afraid to ask what we need and then get punished for it? But we are smart. That is where that deep-rooted conditioning comes in. Oh, well, I asked for what I needed and that blew up in my face. I'm not doing that again. But then I think, especially in midlife, but maybe sooner for some of you younger girlfriends listening, power to you. We are here for you too. I think there comes a breaking point where we go, this is not working. This does not feel right for me. I am physically getting sick. I have a block There's that fifth chakra in our voice that if you follow that or not, that there is a feeling that even someone who doesn't follow that fifth voice chakra can feel, which is I have that frog in my throat. I have that lump in my throat, this thing that needs to come out of me, and I'm scared to say it. So this is how we can take the first step to have a difficult conversation. And hey, guess what, y'all? Once we start having some difficult conversations, maybe we even want to have a challenging podcast or a scary book. This is all a journey for us to become the badass communicators that we all are. Because I believe in my heart, we all have a story. We all have things, right? But we got to get them out. We got to get them out. We got to get them out. And I want to say, because I think this is corrective, as someone who was just was terrified for most of my life to speak up, the freedom and what gets unlocked inside of the body and our minds and our hearts when we can stand in that fire. And even if it's just like a little, little match that goes up and it's like, oh, that wasn't much. Yeah. There's so much freedom on the other side. And that's the thing that I do wish I had been able to learn much younger in my life. I feel like I wasted so much time, so much of my life force energy and not getting my needs met, just not speaking up. I have a a dear friend who always says, closed mouths don't get fed. 
That's right. Those mouths don't get fed. And I was That's like, right. not always getting fed, not always getting what I needed. And it was just stifling. And we've talked about this in other episodes around business and how you have been such an incredible coach for me around the idea of actually asking for what I need in my business. And one of the signals that can really make us worried about, and you talked about it, is when you think about it in your head, you put up the mats, you think there's going to be an explosive thing happening in this difficult conversation. And then the other party just says, okay, and you go, <laughs> wait a minute. I've been stressing about this for a month and ruminating for for every night and not sleeping well. And I put out what I needed and you just said, okay. So our worry that either something's going to go off the rails or we're going to disappoint or inconvenience someone might not even be the truth. In fact, most of the time it isn't. But again, that goes back to our personal training and then the the modeling that we see all around us, there's a winner and there's a loser. So how can I expect to ask for what I want and actually get it and have everyone walk away a winner? So we're going to learn how to do a win-win difficult conversation where we all grow. We all learn something from this. All right. Yes. I love it. Yes. Mm. So, hey, nice people, newsflash, you already have the most important skills in place. You are an incredibly intelligent, social, emotional genius. Come again? When, when you, Fleche, learned how to read that room, when you said what you needed and then had to pivot and do some mental jujitsu, you developed a skill set, girlfriend, that has served you totally well. We don't want to just throw that out. No, we need to use that in our difficult conversations. You are an incredible, insightful person. You have incredible empathy. You're an incredible listener. And these are all qualities that we need. We need them in difficult conversations. We need them in, if you think about it in the world, in the most loaded negotiations. Mm -hmm. All right. You'll hear professional negotiators talk about how that is key, paramount, is empathy and good listening. So, we got that going on. But like you were just saying, what is our challenge is being so worried about putting our needs out there and how they're going to be met. I do want to say a quick disclaimer. There are some situations where it is wise to worry. If you are thinking about having a difficult conversation with somebody and you are fearful for your physical safety, for your mental safety, if like you were sharing, this person feels so volatile, then there are steps and important things to think through with either a legal team, with a therapist who might walk you through this and come up with a very, very safe way to have a difficult conversation that we're not going to get into today. So if it is a difficult conversation that you think is not going to feel safe then I am not encouraging you to do that. You can certainly listen to this and think about when there's a safe moment and a safe way, a letter, an email, a Zoom call, not in person, where that could be effective, please join us. But if your safety is at risk, we want you to take measures to protect yourself first and foremost, okay? Well said. Okay, now I feel like I just scared all of our people pleasers. Everyone's like, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm not safe. So for the majority of us, 
that fear, that little uh, lizard brain amygdala kicking in is avoiding the possible conflict, avoiding the possible disappointment. So we want to first get really, really clear. So step number one is I want you to first just feel all the feels. I want you to give yourself a limited time because I know how we can get, but say, I'm going to write three pages and just put all my worry out on that page. I'm going to call a trusted friend and just let them know all my concerns about should I really say this and what's going to happen. Go to your therapist and spend one session and devote yourself to this. Paint about it. Dance on it. Feel the feelings because your feelings are valid. So I don't want any people pleaser, nice person to think, oh, here I go again, just being a softie. I'm going to stuff all these feelings down. No, right? That's not what we want to train ourselves to do. So feel all the feelings and then ask yourself, once you've just put it all out there on the table, why do I need to have this difficult conversation? What do I need from this person? Typically, these difficult conversations are going to be with people who we have some sort of investment, right? That's why we're going to take the time and the effort to do this. What do I need from them? And a few key things that if you're still unclear, if you need to have a difficult conversation or not, here's a few things to think about. Flashe, is this person annoying you and you can't quite put your finger on why, but they just keep triggering you? Are you avoiding this person? Are there ways you're not returning texts or calls or emails or just kind of trying to slip around something? I want you to take that feeling moment to look at it head on. Are you ruminating like we talked about? Are you thinking about a conversation or either that you want to have in the future or you had in the past, re-examining it, thinking about it time and time again? Those are all really clear signs that it is a good idea to have that conversation with that person, right? Because what's the consequence if we don't? That idea in our head is going to build into its own incredible story. And we left the other person out of it. Absolutely. And I was, what you're saying is reminding me that things go wrong all the time in close relationships, close friendships, beloved siblings and colleagues and extended family. Shit goes sideways all the time. And I have this fundamental belief that is, took me a long time to get to, but I learned about it through business first, that when things go wrong, that you actually have the opportunity to build even more trust with the other person if it's handled well. Because things are going to happen. It's how things get handled. And it takes both parties to like really be grown up and step up into that. So I, to me, this is a beautiful opportunity. And what you're saying, these are all situations where I, as I hear you saying it, I can feel like, yes, because of that investment, because of the commitment, everyone steps up, things can be even better than they yeah. were before. You are so absolutely right that things can get better after conflict. If we think about our most intimate relationships, they're intimate because of the conflict, because of the hard times, because we had to get real with the people in our lives. And if you're sitting there going, I hardly feel real with anyone, that's a sign that we're not letting people in. We are messy. We are complicated. We are going to step on each other's toes. And in actually having that messy dance with each other, 
We are going to learn how to forgive each other and get closer with each other in a way that is absolutely freeing, like you said. And it's a gift to ourselves because I think the more we can forgive and love other people after we've truly had a conversation with them, the more we're going to be able to do that for ourselves. So it is a absolute win-win. But yeah, with our most intimate people, we've had to get real with them. So we know that this works. We just have this inherent fear about it. So after you do the feel all the feels and then whittle down that, yes, in fact, I want to have this difficult conversation, I want you to then think about a step which is key, which is, what do I want to get out of this conversation? What is my goal? And the more we can make that goal mutual, the better. And I want you to think about this in baby steps. A lot of people make the mistake of wanting to have one difficult conversation and come to some really big agreement, make a big shift of a plan. The first goal should be understanding. If you can each share what happened in a disagreement, well, I thought you were doing this. Well, I thought you were doing this. Oh, then we realize together there could be a third possibility. There can be infinite possibilities. It's not my way or your way, my way or the highway, right? And so when we allow that opportunity to happen, then we're going to see all of those infinite possibilities. So I want you to go into your conversation, preparing before you even have it, to be open-minded about what can I discover when I put this out there. And we as humans like to fill in the silence and the unknown with negative stuff. Right. So rather than thinking that this person is going to have a negative reaction or say something bad about us, be open to the possibility that it could actually be a really good thing. Well, I thought you were getting them. Well, I was out there busy picking up dinner for us family. Oh, you were getting dinner. That's why you forgot to pick up the kids. Oh, okay. That changes things. Ah, that. They're so selfish. They forgot to pick up the kids again, right? We can have this whole movie in our mind. So have that mindset as you're going into it and expect the agreement and the understanding before you expect an ultimate resolution or plan. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That idea, because we are so trained to be in our perspective and then someone has their, their own perspective and it's really hard to make sense. Well, what's going on over there? The idea that there's something like this meeting in the middle and there's something else to look yeah. at and to look for a different solution that's mind-blowing and so gentle yes and it's so gentle and what i'm seeing too is you only need one person to hold that right and if one person can hold it then there's more room more receptor sites for the other person to come closer to oh i feel so much better after doing your vocal warm-ups jessica Ooh, me too. I am ready now to speak on our podcast and knock out all tongue-tied. I feel more calm after doing your breath and speech exercises. You are so right to feel that way. Did you know warming up before you speak is actually scientifically proven to help you feel more calm? And how do you know this? Well, as a voice coach of 20 years, I see how helpful it is with my public speaker clients. And a public speaker is anyone who speaks in public, which includes all of our girlfriends. I never thought of it that way. 
Mm. If you want, you can have your own copy of my public speaker checklist so you can feel this way every day. My free gift to you. Ooh, thanks. How do I get a copy? Ooh, you just click on the link in today's show notes, sign up, and you'll instantly get your own copy. Mm-hmm. Thanks, girlfriend. Stay calm and speak on, girlfriend. Girlfriend, sometimes I can get so stressed, I wonder if I'm burning out. I totally understand. Burnout can be tough, but there are things you can do to prevent it. Really? Like what? Well, I'm leading a five-day challenge that will help you to unleash your potential while tackling burnout. Ah, that sounds amazing. How does it work? Each day, you and I will focus on a different aspect of your life that's causing you stress. You'll learn how to manage your time better, how to say no to things, and how to take better care of yourself. That sounds fab, just like what I need as a recovering good girl. Yep. The challenge is free, so there's no risk in trying it. You can find the link in today's show notes. Ooh, I'm going to sign up right now. Yay! I'm so glad to hear it. You and I can kick burnout together. Hey, girlfriend. Hey, girlfriend. Oh, I just got off a call where my other girlfriend was so confused. She is in a relationship. They're at a crossroads and she's a little divorce curious at the moment. Ooh, what did you tell her? I mean, what do you tell a girlfriend? It's their decision. I just wanted to be there for her and support her, but I didn't want to tell her what to do. Oh, of course. Well, it reminds me of my dear friend, Tamara Mendelssohn, who's a relationship coach and divorce expert. She's divorced herself and a mom of two, and she walks girlfriends of a certain age actually through a process of being divorce curious. Uh-huh. Because some of us are just angry. Some of us are just feeling stuck in our relationships. But I'll I'll give you the link and I'll leave it below for girlfriends of a certain age as well. And they can get free immediate access to this roadmap and find out from Tamara what their next steps are. Oh my gosh, that sounds so helpful. I will definitely share that link with my girlfriend. Thank you. Amazing. You're welcome. And I'll link it below for all the girlfriends listening. Awesome. That's right. So when you want to have a difficult conversation, you initiate it right? And you first check in with that person and find a time that's going to work. So don't wait until all of this is bursting inside of you and show up unannounced or burst into their office or in the middle of a chill dinner, just ah, to say this, plan it out. And even with your intimate partner, say, Hey, you know, after we eat dinner tonight, I want to just check in and you might get a little curiosity. Oh, what, what do we want to talk about? What's going on, right? They might be a recovering nice person themselves going, well, what, did I do something wrong? What's going on? Just reassure them. Oh, no, we'll talk about it later. It's just something I want to check into. You're setting a tone, but you're giving them a little space for them to prepare. Then when you come to that conversation, a beautiful way to start it off is to actually put out that hope, that key thing we just talked about that you want to get from this. I want to talk about what happened when we were both supposed to pick up the kids and there was that confusion around it. And I hope we can come to a better understanding. Mm. And isn't that a wonderful invitation that there's a mutual hope that we can get out of this conversation? So they're not immediately feeling defensive and putting up their guard. We're actually giving them an invitation. Can we explore this together? 
We're also signaling, I haven't made my mind up yet about what you did. I'm open to the possibilities, right? Love that. And then it is very helpful if you have a few key points to make. Because sometimes we get as far as putting out that nice offering and then we don't really know what we're going to say. I want us to have some specific talking points because things can go sideways when things are emotional, right? So I want you to back up what it is you're hoping to have happen with two to three examples. So I actually have a script and it's really like our essays that we wrote in high school. You have that lovely intro that's welcoming in the person to our difficult conversation. Then you have your little thesis, your key goal, right? So for instance, that first paragraph would be something like, Flashay, thank you so much. So glad we could have this time together. And I'm really hoping that we can talk about what happened in the work project last week and how you thought I didn't do that task and I thought you didn't do that task. I want us to come to some understanding so we can be on the same page moving forward about our work project. Yeah, and just then, lay it out there. Yeah, we lay it out there. Then we stop, sit back and listen because we have our, our talking points. We have our two to three points that we want to bring up that are specific examples of, well, this thing happened and I was confused and wanted to understand that better. And this thing happened and I wanted to understand it better. And maybe, oh, and I have an idea for maybe how this could work. But who knows? You might just give that thesis key goal and they might go, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought this up. I feel the exact same way. And I have this idea for us. Oh, great. I just threw you the ball and you're running with it. So don't go in, people please or nice person, to your conversation thinking, oh, I have to carry this whole thing. Allow it to take on a life of its own. But what if you do realize that you're carrying the whole thing? What okay. if the person is stonewalling you, being difficult, just so stuck in their own perspective, just want to clear their own name? What do you look for? How do you know when to like, nah, abort? Great question. So key signs to abort are when you bring up this wonderful invitation to explore what happened and what you'd like to have happen. And they ask you a question back. I'd like us to explore what just happened. And they might say, well, do you want to explore what you did four weeks ago? They're deflecting. They're not following your ask of them. And any kind, reasonable person will understand what you're clearly asking to explore. If they act confused, if they immediately act defensive, way that you feel like there's no opening, then you have every right to not go through this whole conversation and say, oh, you know, I'm sorry, maybe we can find another time to talk about this. Doesn't seem like it's a good time. Let's check in another time. Or just say, oh, I think we're not open to talking about this right now. Thanks anyways for just talking with me. You don't even have to give them another invitation. So if it really goes sideways fast and you feel a level of defensiveness, then you are absolutely allowed to abort. Don't, don't, don't waste your time, right? And you ask a great question because as people pleasers, we sometimes will try to appease someone and get them to like us. So we might actually drop our need down a notch. Oh, you're getting defensive. Oh, well, maybe I should reconsider my need. 
oh, maybe I'm asking too much. No, you're not asking too much. You're asking for a very reasonable thing because you've thought it out. Hopefully you've even written it out, talked it out with someone. You are getting feedback that this is reasonable. So if your need or request is being met with some unreasonable reaction, that is a red sign. Now, there is a different kind of reaction that I can see can confuse a lot of us nice people that is not reason to abort, which is when someone takes a pause or is a bit neutral and we can't read them. We can't read their minds like we normally are so good at doing. Okay, I just asked for this. They're just sitting there, right? And a lot of us good people will fill in the gaps and will often fill it in with something bad. Oh, crap. Oh, crap. I just asked for this raise and gave my great reasons why I've been of value to this company. And they're just sitting there. Oh, never mind. (laughs) We can't stand that discomfort. If they're neutral, if they're doing something that you can't read, that's okay. As long as it's not hostile, be okay with it. And even be okay with it if they say, thank you so much for bringing this up. I'm going to need a little time to think this through. Can we get back with each other? Yes. Resounding yes. So a people pleaser instinct is going to want to wrap it all up with a bow right then. A people pleaser instinct is going to want to be assured that we're still okay. Are we okay? I know we talked about this. Are we okay? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm-mm, people pleaser. Don't be putting that on them. You just asked them for something. You just made them get vulnerable. Allow your friend, your coworker, whoever it is to have a moment. And they may even need to take a day or a week until they can respond in a way that they want to. So that is the difference between when is something abort and when is something just uncomfortable and pressing up against our issues. Does that make sense? Those two differences? It does. It does. And I can see, you know, because I'm, I'm putting myself in these two different situations. Yeah. And that there was so much of my life where I would really struggle with that in the moment. So like for me, it took a lot of practicing, a lot of practicing and getting up the courage to do it. So yeah. I just want to remind girlfriends too, who are like, how, how do I know which one? How do I know what's happening? Is that this took you most of your life to build up the muscles of people pleasing and to build up now this muscle of sitting boundaries and speaking up for yourself. You can be more balanced, right? That's really the goal is how do we hold both parts of ourselves? So I guess that's the thing that I'm sitting with right now. Like if you're feeling super confused right now, that's actually a good sign. It means that you're open to learning what Jessica is teaching us. So stay in that confusion. Listen to this recording again. These recordings are free and available for everybody. So you could bookmark it and come back to this and practice. That, that's the thing I'm sort of getting right now that I have. I feel some confused girlfriends out there. Sure. And remember too, that I have a freebie download that takes you through the step-by-step process. And I also have an entire workshop series, an entire course devoted to how nice people can have conversations because this is absolutely a muscle that we build up slowly. So I am also not encouraging anyone right now to take on their most complicated person in their life and go in there and have a difficult conversation with them. In fact, I don't encourage people to do that in my training. I encourage people to take baby steps. I want you to correct that coffee order that the barista got wrong, right? I want you to realize that you made a plan with a girlfriend to 
have coffee and you have a work deadline and you need to postpone. If that right there, having to postpone a date worries you that you're disappointing someone and letting them down, but it feels like you can tolerate that, that is a great stepping stone for you. So we are not asking you to go from zero to 100. If you have that moment where you're about to take out the trash and you look over and you see your kids sitting there (laughs) hanging out, this is a great opportunity to have a mini difficult conversation. Hey, so-and-so, could you take this garbage out? Just put it right on out there. Notice those little moments when so often we think, you know, it's just going to be easier if I do this. I'm just going to avoid this conflict. I'm just going to avoid this potential awkward exchange I have to have. Take a moment and actually follow through because guess what? Nine out of 10 times. Sure. Okay. Or in my case with my teenager, uh, okay. Right. But they do it. And then each time you do that, this muscle gets a little stronger. But like you said, hey, guess what? You did it in a kind way. You didn't steamroll anyone. You didn't scream at anyone. You didn't offend anyone. And you're building up that muscle. And in the full course, we also have great mock conversations. We we break out into groups. We practice things. And I'm overlooking everyone. We have scripts. We have checklists. We have all kinds of training tools that you can use. But what all of you girlfriends listening today can do are take those tiny little baby steps. Even a tricky text where you're like, hey, sorry it took me so long to get back to you. Every moment when you're worried that you've disappointed someone else is a beautiful opportunity to reframe that funky conditioning into something that is healing for yourself. Love that. I love that because it, well, it's so normalizing. And I think most of us think we have to swing from one one extreme to the other when that's not real life and that's not sustainable. That slow, gentle, easy shifts and change and practicing and making a mess and getting a little better. That's real life. That is, that's what real girlfriends are able to do for creating real and lasting change. Absolutely. And we know this as recovering good girls. This is our superpower, y'all. So it's like, it doesn't have to be this either or. We are going to bring all of that into our difficult conversations. We are actually going to teach other people who may not be people pleasers how to have a healthy, difficult conversation. There's a part of my brain that still thinks that's an oxymoron. How can you have that? What? How? What? You're right. <laughs> and, and I'm someone who has been learning. How do I do both? The people yes. in my life know what they can count on me for, and they know what they can't count on me for. And so like, that's been really beautiful. Like, wow, it's been really mind expanding. So I want to see all girlfriends living in some place like that, that matches their needs and their desires. And you're so right. And hey, it's a daily practice for me too. I don't want to make waves. I don't want to go against the tide. I don't want to disappoint anyone. If I had it my way, we would just be cruising along like a Disney movie our entire lives. But we know that's not reality. And that Disney movie happily ever after ending has totally messed up our thinking. So really, it's honestly ever after. It's That's really beautiful. 
and even letting people into the the weird, silly, wonky parts of ourselves is how we really get true intimacy. And I even think that for our world at large, it's how we are going to heal is if we stop thinking about winning and losing, if we stop thinking about dominating each other and instead understanding each other, because understanding will lead to more agreements and more bonds than if someone wins and someone loses. That means there's always a loser. And that is baked into a lot of the way the world is thinking right now. And I think it's a troubling place to be in. And with the issues at hand, we have to be a coalition. We have to. There's really no other option if we all want to win. That's such a healing. And I, my, this is my personal opinion, my personal belief, but that is what girlfriends want, that we want to create healings in our own lives and in the lives of the people around us. And if there's going to be coming together more, more understanding, it only starts, it only takes one person in a dynamic to switch things around, to speak the truth, to say the hard thing. And that they're that that can be healing, that it can be beautiful, it can be gentle, it can be loving, it can also not be that, but it has the absolute potential to be that, especially if that's what you're holding to. And the other person is also whole and well and wanting that too. There's only so much one person can do. So I can see why we need so much practice. Uh Um, So if we want to go further with this, what, what would be the next step, Jessica? Well, I want to give you all one little fun homework assignment, which is I want you to write down some of the hard conversations you have had. And I want you to think within, you know, the last week or month or year, if you can think that far back, what's something you asked for? What's a need that you got met? And even if it's something that seems pretty simple, well, I asked if I could switch offices. I wasn't really worried about that. Okay, but you just asked for something you needed. I want you to start journaling the times you did ask for what you needed and your needs were met because that is going to reframe how we think about our communication ability. All right, so that is homework assignment to all y'all ladies. And then if you want to dive deeper with me, I sh- there's a link in the show notes where you can grab hold of the guide about how nice people can have conversations. You're going to learn all the steps you need to prepare for your difficult conversation. You're going to get a script with that essay that I just talked about with your intro, your key goal, your key points, and then your conclusion. And then you also can join priority registration for my next workshop, which is coming up soon. So if you want that, click on that link and you can get into priority registration, get some great training bonuses, and even get a discount for my next communication training course. Ooh, okay. So the link is down below and we can get get going on that train with you because I can see Doing that in community, doing that with other girlfriends who are also on that journey just feels so healing. And to have that group, that group change of paradigm shift to do all that together and with your loving, supportive presence and wisdom around this, that feels like a match to me. I will tell you, the women who have been involved in this workshop are 
incredible. They are stronger than any women I've ever met. And to see them become stronger, to see them share their wins, to see them even share their surprise at how things went the way they wanted. And then once in a while to process how when things don't go the way we hope, what that might mean about the other person and not you is such a healing. Oh my gosh, yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we hold each other in community. No one should do this alone. No one should have to do this alone. You should get support you need. Talk about it with some friends because we don't have to go through this alone. I'm already feeling this healing conversation. I've put myself leaning forward a little bit in the beginning, which is interesting. But now I'm like sitting back. You know, we're talking it all through. This really resonates for me and it feels very exciting and enlivening and reminds me too, like, oh, right. I'm getting more and more experiences of speaking up for myself. And there's always room for more practice, always room for me to grow more. And I'm sure there are more things to say and that need to be said, more boundaries that need to be in place. Absolutely. And I'm here for it. I I want to do that in my own life. Absolutely. Because it's a gift. It's actually your gift that you can give other people. The thing that you are most fearful about saying or asking for is often a gift. Something to think about. I love it. Well, girlfriends, I hope that this helps move things forward, helps move you forward, whether in a small way or in a big way, if you need more support. Get the information for Jessica's cheat sheet down below and give yourself the opportunity to practice this more. And to all the girlfriends who are in our after hours community, mm-hmm. I got some stories I've, I, I purposely <gasps> held back from today's episode. I know Jessica did too, because we want to share that in a more intimate space. So come and join us on Substack in our private community and let's go there together. And you tell us your stories too. Um, But if you know a girlfriend who needs to have a difficult conversation, share this episode with her because you could be helping to set her free from her own self-imprisonment of this belief that she can't say what needs to be said to get needs met. And I'm quite certain that she will buy you a coffee for (laughs) at the very least for for helping to set her straight and giving her the support that she needs. Yes. Everybody speak freely, speak from your heart. You can't go wrong if you do that. You just can't. So thank you so much for letting me talk about my most recent top of mind, fabulous coaching shares. I love that we have this platform where we get to talk about all things related to girlfriends, but we also get to bring up our own expertise. So I'm just really honored that you could spotlight this today with me and girlfriends. Hopefully you enjoyed it right there with us. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to watch you pop like popcorn and be like, I got this to share. And I'm like, let's share it. Let's do it. So to all of our girlfriends, we love you so much. We'll see you in the after hours over on Substack. Girlfriends of a certain age. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you for hanging out with us today on Girlfriends of a Certain Age. This episode was produced by Jessica Neighbor at Impact Vocal Coaching and Fulshay Hash at The Busy Mom. This podcast jingle was written and performed by Jessica Neighbor. Do you have a girlfriend who needs to hear this message? Share this episode with her. She will love you forever. If you enjoyed today's talk, join us in our private community on Substack at Girlfriends of a Certain Age.
You can help us reach even more girlfriends when you take 30 seconds to subscribe and rate our channel on Spotify, Apple, or YouTube so you never miss another episode. Stay tuned for more episodes where we discuss more hot topics for all of you, our girlfriends living our best lives together.